Okay, Derek, today's going to be a little bit different show. Uh, because, well, first of all, I'm, I'm in my work shirt still and no pants. So that's how I'm sitting in this office chair. I don't know what you're wearing, but if you feel like you need to share it, go ahead. Yeah, I got some uh, shorts and no shirt. The reason for the no shirt is because, uh, quick it's reminder, Florida. I live in the sunshine. <laughs> don't wear a I lot knew, of shirts. I knew me. it. I knew it. It's also a different show because we're going to start off by talking about nothing Michigan related at all. Some of you in the Michigan community may be familiar with Patrick Connors, and I don't want to. Uh, there, there may or may not be an S at the end of that last name. It's, it's a. Uh, I don't know because he's been deleted from Twitter. Is what I'm getting at. I, I, I think I got him deleted because he, he tweeted out this thing saying, I hope they find this N-word. Uses like the whole N-word, okay? And then I, I go back, and about a week earlier, he says, I'm an alleged racist. Well, buddy, when you use the N-word, you stop becoming an alleged racist and just like a plain old racist. So I, I had to report that, even though it was kind of like a point of entertainment for me on my timeline on TweetDeck, I had his, he had a, his own column for me, actually. That's maybe pathetic, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I'm pretty sure I got him deleted from Twitter because I reported that. And then the next day he was gone and he hasn't been back since. And I feel like usually those things, they last like maybe 24 hours or a week, you know, depending on like what number of events you're on. But no, he's, he's been gone permanently. I believe I did that. And, and if, if any of you out there were, were big, uh, we call them Patty. If you're a big Patty fans, uh, yeah, you need to reevaluate some things, first of all. But second of all, I am sorry if I took that away from you. So we're going to go back to basketball. Well, for, okay, hold on. Sorry, Derek, do you have anything anything to add to that? I will say 100% unacceptable Twitter behavior. I think that you did the right thing. I didn't get a chance to go and report myself, but what I will miss the most from Patty is that you would realistically probably send me at least one to two uh, tweets a week. And I really kind of looked forward to that. There was never a Wednesday at 9 a.m. they were coming in, but I knew sometime during the week uh, Tyler would send me something that Patty said that was probably absolutely ridiculous. I will miss that. I hope you seek out somebody else. I hope you then report that person and we can get all the dweebs off Twitter. So you know what? (laughs) Congratulations. I don't know if that's your first uh, successful report to uh, deactivate. uh, That's my first report, period. I I usually don't report people. This was was a little off-brand for me, so... Tell you I, what, your, your reporting power is, is unmatched then. One, one report and it led one to for an one. account being disabled. That's rather impressive. It is rather impressive. Okay, we're about three and a half minutes into the show, so we should probably move on to Michigan basketball. The NCAA tournament is – is it right around the corner, would you say? I, I hate kind of hate the phrase right around the corner because it doesn't really mean much, but we'll, we'll say it's right around the corner. And – I'm looking at CBS Sports, Sporting News, ESPN. They're assigning Michigan a two seed right now. 
and I believe that they all have Michigan State as a two seed as well. I, I mean, I know we've 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 been building up. I know to to this postseason as though like this is one of John Beeline's best opportunities to get Michigan not just to a national championship game, but a national championship period, like get them that title. And he's done it, done it in the past, obviously getting them to the game. But this, this feels like one of those, one of those seasons where everything kind of looks like it could go in that direction. Once again, what do you think? Well, first to to talk about the right around the corner, I would maybe word it as times running out. Uh, time in terms time of- is running out. Yeah. Of, yeah. it is around the corner yes it's i mean it's coming out we're we're uh at time of recording this i mean march is, is literally tomorrow uh, so basically uh, by the time all of our thousands of listeners hear this it is march it is time for march madness my favorite month my birthday month you get the tournament there's a lot of great things i could say about march but when's your birthday time- March 16th. So it's okay. usually right around that first week of the NCAA tournament. And then some some years, the end of the Big Ten tournament has, has probably been around that day. But for me, time is running out in terms of you have few games in the regular season left, a big one at the end of the season at Michigan State. You have the Big Ten tournament, and you have the NCAA tournament. Projected as a two-seed, even if you lose – really every game until the NCAA tournament, you're still in if you're Michigan. But time is running out in terms of if this team is actually going to be a national championship caliber team, some things need to improve. Uh, And for me, it's almost all on the offensive end. And I feel like we've been able to consistently point this out about John Beeline teams is at some point, and this is a lot of of teams in NCAA, if not all teams, but at some point scoring droughts hurt Michigan really bad. And against Michigan State at home, uh, they hurt multiple times in the second half. Then the reason I say that this feels like a, a John Beeline team that can get to the tournament, or I mean, a, to, to the national championship game, isn't because they've been like particularly great during this this last stretch of the season. I mean, you mentioned the Michigan State game, that the, the scoring droughts that ended up killing them. It's because... Beeline consistently takes teams like this and according to the rest of the country, they overachieve. Now we've gotten to the point where we can, we can almost safely predict, you know, what's going to happen here. I mean, Michigan, you can, you can count on them probably not like getting bumped early in the tournament. You know, they look like definitely a sweet 16 team going on to the elite eight, maybe even the final four. We we've seen it enough times to know that, John Beeline is going to be able to mold something out of this, even if not everyone else sees it right now because Michigan isn't a team that gets a whole lot of attention even when they're doing really well. We can see it. And so that's why I say that it feels like one of those teams. I, I know that that might not be like the the popular consensus um, amongst uh, the, the so-called bracketologists and the, the experts, but – that's just kind of the way I think Michigan fans have been operating for the past couple few seasons. Yeah, I mean, even dating back further than that to the the team that had the uh, championship run, uh, Trey Burke led. I mean, you always kind of waited for uh, Beeline's teams to really peak at the right time, and it used to be kind of that famous, we'll wait until March Izzo quote, uh, Spartan fans uh, – 
say a lot. I saw something going around on Twitter about that today. But you used to, like, rush assured, you might lose to LSU at the beginning of the season, but this team will probably turn it around because Beeline's proven over and over again that he can do that and, and that Michigan does peak at the right time. This was a weird year and an awesome year in the sense that they were rattling off win after win after win, winning convincingly, still have a great number of their wins by double digits or more, some 20 or over against really good teams that are now top 25, top 10 even in uh, North Carolina. And so for me, this is a championship caliber team. It feels more of a championship caliber team than any team since the Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway, all of those guys back in, in the 2013 season. Uh, but with the struggles as of late, you have to wonder, is it going to be, oh, they're going to be okay in the uh, conference tournament and when they're back-to-back-to-back third in a row, they're going to be okay and make a run? Because there is some sense to me that when for the first time in years we felt like it could be a national championship team from the early weeks of the season, They've really slipped at times that and didn't look really good. And I saw this referenced on Twitter that uh, that uh, that squad that played Louisville in the national championship game and ultimately lost finished the regular season five and five. I don't think Michigan is going to lose many more games in the regular season. We'll see how that works out, but and necessarily don't think that they're going to lose right away in the Big Ten tournament. But they are capable of losing. Uh, games they shouldn't they have shown that and they are capable of maybe not being as dominant at home uh, as they had been for really the past two seasons finally losing to a good team in Michigan State so I think this is still a championship caliber team but it just feels so different than at least last year because this is a team that we expected to potentially be undefeated going into the first Michigan State game now they've lost a few, and now they've looked bad in a couple of stretches. And so for me, it's who shows up in the regular season and then what kind of momentum they can take into the Big Ten uh, Conference Tournament. And if you can rattle off wins in that and beat a tough competition in the Big Ten, I feel very great about Michigan making the Final Four uh, in the NCAA Tournament. Yeah, you know what I just realized is there are no tournament games in, in Indianapolis this year, which yeah. is where I live. No tournament games. That, that's kind of garbage. How close to Jacksonville it, are you? Uh, probably about four and a half hours. I know that next year there's going to be some in Tampa. It's less than an hour away. I think Indianapolis is hosting the Final Four soon. They are. Uh, they are soon. I can't. The, the date. I don't have it off the top top of my head. But the uh, that'd probably be why you got to show some love to some other venues, especially if if Indianapolis is hosting the the Final Four. But no, that would have been been clutch but hey they just got to make it the year that it does for you so if if we're talking about michigan making a, a deep run into the tournament obviously you look back at the past and like mitch mcgarry trey burke Derek walton jr these are very clear leaders like they made that happen do you see a player like that on this team yeah, I'm going to have to go with Charles Matthews. Um, see a lot of things. That this Charlie? Is, Charlie, good old Charlie. Yeah. That this is probably, potentially, possibly his last season, his last run as a Wolverine. Uh, a guy who maybe expected to come to college for a year, then bounce out, found himself leaving Kentucky, sitting out a year, playing at Michigan two seasons now. Could potentially come back for another season. 
Uh, you've got the classic, oh, he won't get drafted in the first rounders who were obviously thinking that he should come back. But chances are this is his last run as a Wolverine, and I think he is going to be the leader and has to be the leader uh, on this team. I think Xavier Simpson's obviously another guy who will be a leader and step up. A lot of people say he's absolutely going to be a coach. Uh, they say that he is already a coach on the floor. He's a floor general. But I think Charles Matthews first uh, because I think that his leadership can really elevate the way uh, he dictates what he does on the floor. And more than just being a vocal leader, he needs to be a leader on the court. He needs to be the guy that in the tournament, as this regular season wraps up, whatever the scenario is, whatever night, any given night they play, Charlie Matthews needs to be a guy that comes out hot, comes out ready to score, comes down out as a lockdown defender, and really sets the tone for his teammates. Because what I've noticed, in my opinion, over the last probably 10 games, and especially in the games where uh, Michigan has lost, it seems like when Charles Matthews can get going early, uh, it really benefits the Wolverines. They're having games like uh, the Wisconsin game where he kind of went off in the second half and helped lead to a victory. But if he can establish himself early offensively and defensively, I think he becomes even more of a leader. And I would look to him uh, first when we look at Michigan making any type of tournament run. I think his biggest contribution is still on defense. Offensively, he went through that slump, and I know his points are coming back, but it it's it's all coming on on drives and like those those ten foot fadeaway jumpers, you know, where he like pivot, turn around, float back. It's stuff that that makes me wonder, like if it, if it can last. Because his offensive production, it, it doesn't come in the way that you would think it would for him. He's, he's an athletic guy, but you would look at him and think you know, he could really he could really stretch a defense. He could he could take you down in the post, which he does sometimes, and he does it effectively sometimes. I just don't know if it's if what I've seen recently when he when he's brought his points back up, if that's sustainable. I think one of the things that this is a little bit of an aside, but one of the things that kind of bugs me about his offense is he relies on really long strides. It seems like so when he drives, it's a, it's a couple long strides and that's where he gets called with those offensive fouls where he hooks around the defender, which he, you know, in all honesty, could be called more often on stuff like that. But there's there's a little bit of a, of a development there that I think needs to happen if he's going to become like a, a go-to clutch guy. I, I'm going to go back to Xavier Simpson because I just can't think of a better candidate to to lead a team into a, a, the tournament and then take them on a deep run. And, and you mentioned him too, and everybody who has this conversation will probably mention Xavier Simpson, even if there are some other guys out there like, Iggy Brasdakis, so on. He just he just seems like I'm talking about Simpson. He just seems like uh, the 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 integral cog in in Michigan's offensive defense, both sides of the floor that they absolutely cannot survive without. And in fact, if they're going to make any kind of run, it's more than just can't survive without. It's they need it to be well oiled <clears throat> and and going at full force. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you there. The reason I brought up Charles Matthews, I think one, because of his situation, he's got something to prove if he wants to play in the NBA. He's 
got a decision to make coming up. Uh, he is a, a veteran in terms of age. Um, other guys are too on the team, but more so than, than most. And the reason specifically that I look towards him is because I think back to last year's NCAA tournament. And obviously this team looks significantly different. I uh, lost a lot of good players, uh, maybe Mo Wagner, uh, who everyone talks about the most. But when you look at what Michigan did in the tournament, Charles Matthews played well really in every game, except he had sort of an off game against Houston. Uh, that was saved by a, a buzzer beater. That was just a weird game in general. Uh, but the next game he, he didn't play well in was the national championship. And to me, when Michigan lost by as much as they did, it kind of got out of hand. But in that first half, I think Charles Matthews playing the way he did against Loyola Chicago or, or Florida State or Texas A&M when Michigan as a whole got up like 20 points, it seemed almost instantly. That really, to me, kind of reflects how Michigan plays so differently when he's there and when he's proving himself on the court early in a matchup. Because against Villanova, I think he had like four or six points. And without scoring, you know, you can't really beat a team as good as Villanova was last year. And Charles Matthews is definitely important to that team. I'd say he's even more important to this team. So leadership, I guess maybe I turn towards Xavier Simpson uh, because of all the things that he's been able to accomplish game to game. He's knocking down big shots from three even in, in a couple of matchups. But scoring and really just kind of that go-to. I still have to go with Charles Matthews just because of how important he was to Michigan's big run uh, last year towards the national championship. All right, let's wrap things up here by talking about what constitutes a good postseason for Michigan. The NCAA tournament only. What, like, At what point would you say it was successful? I would say you got to get into the Sweet 16 for sure. I mean, no doubt you've got to get past the first weekend. That at least allows you to avoid the first weekend jokes. You don't want to get upset. Uh, if you're anywhere from, shoot, two to a five seed, five sometimes will say, hey, a 12 always beats a five. But if you're anywhere two to five, you do not want to get upset in the first round. Uh, they looked really bad against Montana for a while last year until they pulled away. Uh, Houston, again, a team that looked really good last year. They are really good this year, and you kind of win on a miraculous shot. So I would say you at least have to get past that first weekend into the Sweet 16, but I think about the year, I think it was the year after Trey Burke led Michigan to the to the Final Four in the National Championship. I believe Michigan lost in the Elite Eight to Kentucky. I was at that game in Indianapolis, uh, your favorite place to, to catch a tournament game. The and, only place I can catch a tournament game. Yep, absolutely. And so for me, I would say if you are in the Elite Eight, even if you lose, and hopefully it's either to a team on an incredible Cinderella run or to a team that just maybe was proving to be better uh, in the tournament, I think that's a successful season. Um, Sweet 16, I think chatter starts. But, yeah, if you lose any time in that first weekend, I think you're in for – uh, a rougher off season than many of us predicted once Michigan started off undefeated for so long. You know, you said rougher off season, and I, I just happened to be looking at the CBS sports bracket, which has Michigan playing uh, right state. And I can't find their mascot, but it looks like some kind of wolf. It looks like some kind of animal. I thought that was interesting. Maybe it's not. Uh, I'm going to take it one step further than you. I think the Elite Eight is where Michigan has to go to consider this a successful postseason. 
uh, Sweet 16, you know, especially if you're up there at, at a number two or a number three seed, like that just doesn't really cut it. I mean, surely you'd be happy that you got there, but you got to get to the Elite Eight, I think, in order to to kind of hang your hat on it and be like, yeah, you know, of course we had the talent and the desire to go further, but the Elite Eight is the Elite Eight. You're one of the last eight teams remaining. That's that's something I think that you could you could look back on and be like, yeah, that was successful. So is there anything else you want to add before we close it out? I'm just looking forward to the the rest of the season, how Michigan ultimately responds to their first home loss in a while. Uh, and they have quite the opportunity to, again, close out the regular <coughs> season. And for me, I'm most excited about the, the Big Ten tournament. If Michigan, again, can make a run through the Big Ten tournament and, and claim another tournament championship, one, that'd be really incredible. Uh, that does not happen very often, really, in, in most conferences, if, if not any conference, uh, outside of probably Kansas is the only team I could think of who's maybe historically done it so many times. And so for me, if they can do that, I mean, we're going to have a much different conversation as we podcast going into the NCAA tournament. So we'll see what team comes out uh, in the remainder of the regular season, and then we'll see if if Beeline can work his magic and get the Wolverines rolling uh, come tournament time for a second year in a row. All right. Well, thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue Crew. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Patty, if you're listening, congratulations. You're no longer an alleged racist. You're just a racist. Go Blue. Go Blue.